Happy Thursday. It is Happy February Thursday. 9th in this year of our Lord 2023. 2023. Wow. So ridiculous. I mean, that, yeah, we're still the United States is still trying to make it work. You know, I mean, I feel like it's uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. And um, I, I feel like I feel like we've definitely reached the toxic relationship status. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, like as a country, like this we is just have. this is just toxic beyond repair. We, we've burned bridges with all of our friends at this point. And it's uh, just a very unhealthy, codependent thing. Um, yeah, I think we're at that point. We're at that point. So, Unless, of course, society, you're the head of a corporation and a member of Congress. Then it's just peachy. Keen, then it's pretty dummy. cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you're rich, it kind of works out. But for everyone it else, it works out great. That's that's happy Valentine's Day. If you're if you're part of the platonomy or Congress, you're good. Uh, everybody else, I don't know. You're on your own. Yeah. Own. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to Status Coup. We have a really packed show. We, we do, all right. So first of all, we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about Cop City later in the show, which we have some very very compelling footage here that um, kind of shows a uh, kind of indicates that the cop story might not be legit. I know you're probably shocked. You may have needed to sit down for that one, but we're going to show you the footage and we're going to dissect it. Uh, also, the train that derailed in New Palestine, Ohio, right near the Ohio-Pennsylvania border, about an hour west of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, my hometown. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. I think it is significantly worse than the media is letting on. I do. And, and the NBC strike. Bunch yes, of NBC go NBC. Strikes. Yes. Yeah, do there it, are some do folks it. on strike. They walked out. They walked they out. They walked out today. And we, we got a little bit of insider information there, uh, as well as some of the, the specific things that the unions are asking for. Um, so we're going to be talking about that as well. We also got a net neutrality update that's actually a little bit of good news. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about a gross child labor violation in Alabama. Yeah. And then right wing insanity report is going to happen. Let's jump in. Let's, Let's start in. with the with the with the crazy train. Toxic here. train. Let's... The toxic train. So to get the timeline right, first yeah. it happened. And then they said everybody's got to get out of here. And they did an evacuation. Now they're saying it's OK they to come back. The order, yeah. They rescinded Which I don't the think order. It is. I don't think it is either. So should we go to some of that footage? Because we yeah. have some uh, we have some tweets here. Let's go to some of those tweets. Show the big old black cloud tweet, Colin. That was uh, not cool. No, it, cool. it was kind of neat looking, but like dangerous and not okay in any way, shape, or form. Also, this was a controlled release, just so that we're all clear on what happened here. This is a controlled release by the authorities of these toxic chemicals. <sighs> Give me one moment. Okay. I'm trying to find where that. It's uh yeah, it's just kind of in that cluster of tweets with the with the train stuff, the crazy train stuff. Um, but uh, you know what this reminded me of while we're pulling up that tweet. So this isn't like the first. Oh, here we go. All right, here I'll say it later. I mean, look at that. That's so look at that. I mean that that looks like the Wizard of Oz. That looks like a real, you know what that looks like? Honestly, it looks like 
Vinyl like, chloride spilling from the tanks of their derailed train and burning and turning into hydrogen chloride as it rises from the atmosphere and mixes with water vapor. Yeah, this is entirely toxic. In fact, they refer to this as a, a bomb train. So it's dangerous chemicals. Uh, you know, at, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. But I think we should also talk about how we got here because Obama, Biden, Trump all have a hand in this, you know, yeah. whether it's through deregulation, not uh, with the brakes, um, the, you know, crushing the, the strikes having understaffed yeah, trains exactly. yeah these are all, all connected all, all of these things conne are connected connected yeah. like a train track dare i say no what i was gonna say uh is uh pull up the picture again call it if you don't mind i it, it kind of looks like you know what it actually looks like it looks like it looks like one of those paintings that's like supposed yeah. to be satirical in nature <laughs> like like it's supposed to have a message of we're destroying the planet you right. know but but this is real, unfortunately. Real. Like this is real, and this is dangerous. And a bunch of people are reporting that they're having trouble. Yeah. Like they're because they, this can cause headaches. This can cause nosebleeds. This can cause you know bad congestion, and right. this can increase your chances for cancer. So it's not safe to be outside right now near there. People miles from East Palestine, Ohio. This is according to Amy Marie. People miles from East Palestine, Ohio, are complaining they smell chlorine and don't feel well. Authorities are telling them, nothing to worry about. I am utterly appalled. Ignite a million pounds of vinyl chloride from hydrogen chloride and, and phosgene and tell people it's fine. So, yeah, this it's is not, not fine. good. And no, this is, fine. and you know what? This reminds me of, um, this is going way back. And the only reason I remember this is because I'm a big telecommunications act of 1996 nerd. Yeah. Uh, it like how terrible it is. But um, one of the big arguments against the telecommunications act of 1996 and, and some of the disasters of it was because of the uh, incident in 2002 yeah. in a town called Mino, North Dakota. Do you remember that? Vaguely. So, yeah, I mean, a train derailed similar to this and a bunch of poison chemicals were in the air. And keep in mind, this is 2002. So the Internet is not what it is today. Like there's right. still a lot of people that might not even have the Internet. Right. There's Twitter still, did like, not exist. Yeah. Like people were not using the Internet for news, really. So right. radio was still a pretty big deal. But this was post the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which without getting too far into the weeds, folks, the Telecom Act of 96 homogenized all the radio stations. Basically, yeah. it, it allowed like one entity to gobble up all the radio station and uh, Clear Channel did that. So there was no local station in this town to be like, hey, guys, train derailed. There's poison in the air. Get inside or get out of town or yeah, you might still have to get out of town nobody local could do that so all of their radio and all of their media was just being piped in from like some big market i don't know you know i don't, I don't know maybe minneapolis or denver or something i don't know yeah. but it was like some big market miles away well, yeah because all the local news media got you got consolidated they're done. so they they're done so now they would have the same media report for like 50 different cities whereas before you would have had 50 different local stations actually doing local reports yeah. So, so it's like yeah, you no, had it's, it's very been, it was very devastating for local news. It was so ridiculous too, because like yeah. you have somebody who's just like, oh, and in my no, it is not a cloud in the sky and it's sunny in seventy two. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's like poison <laughs> gas in the freaking air. Yeah. And it's like so this kind of reminds me of all that. Um, just because it's like, here's another situation, a train derailed, and they're downplaying the dangers of it. 
Um, and you shared something, Tina. I think this is like a nice little component here about the the stock thing that they're doing. Well, yeah, but before we talk about that, they did they've been engaging in uh so I North Norfolk Norfolk? Southern has been engaging in a stock buyback. So basically they're buying their own stock off of the open market, which drives the price up. This is money that could have been going into um, investing in safety mechanisms, such as breaks that are more appropriate, whatnot. Um, But they chose not to do that. They lobbied Congress to not have regulation put in place that would, would, would have required them to do that. And also they lobbied to have these types of chemicals removed from this explosives uh, bill that Obama had passed. Um, <clears throat> I want to bring up Colin, the, uh, the lever, the lever or the lever? You say lever, I say lever. I say lever, but I might be wrong. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. So this is David Sirota's outfit, uh, outfit with Julia Rock, Rebecca Burns, Matthew Cunningham Cook. Um, this is a great article because they took a deep dive into um, all of this stuff that we're talking about. So the company's 150 car train in Ohio reportedly burst into 100 foot flames upon derailing and was transporting materials uh, that triggered a fireball when they were released and incinerated. It was not being regulated as a high hazard flammable train, federal officials told the lever. Documents show that when transportation safety rules were first created, a federal agency sided with, shockingly, industry lobbyists and limited regulations governing the transport of hazardous compounds. The decision effectively exempted many trains hauling dangerous materials, including the one in Ohio, from the high hazard classification in um, its more stringent safety requirements. Amid the lobbying blitz against stronger transportation safety regulations, Norfolk Norfolk Southern paid executives, here we go, millions uh, on uh, stock buybacks. And while the company shed thousands of employees, despite warnings that understaffing is intensifying safety risks, Norfolk Southern officials also fought off a shareholder initiative. This is a a shareholder initiative. So that means the shareholders that are actually, you know, holding obviously shares of the public company. So these are investors as well. Um, a shareholder initiative that could have required company executives to assess, review, and mitigate risks of hazardous material transportation. Uh, the sequ- sequence of events began a decade ago in the wake of a major uptick in derailments of train, carrying crude oil and hazardous chemicals, including a New Jersey train crash that leaked the same toxic chemical as in Ohio. In response, the Obama administration in 2014 proposed uh, improving safety regulations for trains carrying petroleum and other hazardous materials. However, after industry pressure, the final measure ended up narrowly focused on the transport of crude oil and exempting trains carrying many other combustible combustible materials, including the chemical involved in this weekend's disaster. Wait for it, it's not over. Then came 2017. After rail industry donors delivered more than $6 million to GOP campaigns, the Trump administration, backed by rail lobbyists and Senate Republicans, rescinded part of that rule aimed at making better braking systems widespread on the nation's rails. Specifically, the regulators killed provisions requiring rail cars carrying hazardous flammable materials to be equipped with electronic braking systems to to stop trains more quickly than conventional air brakes. Norfolk Southern had previously touted the new technology known as electronically controlled pneumatic brakes for its potential to reduce train stopping distances by as much as 60% over conventional air brake systems. But the company's lobby group nonetheless pressed for the rules repeal, telling regulators that it would not, here we go, would impose tremendous costs without providing offsetting safety benefits. 
So, I mean, you've had both administrations, Republicans, Democrats, involved in creating this disaster. Obviously, corporations continue to get whatever they want from both parties. This is just one more prime example. And I do think you're right, Ron. Adding to this mix is the fact that you have uh, train staffing, understaffing going on, where there's one guy on the train because they don't want to pay. You know, we went through we just went through this with the union contract. Right. They still you know, didn't acquiesce to so many of these things that are not only bad labor practices that are terrible for these employees to have to put up with, but they are also massive safety problems. Big time. And, and you know, I, I think we should we should get to the Bernie thing in a second here because he, yeah. you know, did did a did a um, what was it just basically a rally for the yeah. hang on. The but before days? they do that, let's go ahead and put up the, the stock buyback thing that I sent so people can see how much stock they bought back because it's pretty wild. This is a from the fool. So this is hardly like a, you know, rabidly left leaning, <laughs> very much an investor friendly uh um, uh, website Norfolk Southern implements massive buyback program. Is that the right move today? So they're questioning it. But management has bought back has bought back more than wait for it 2.3 billion in stock in 2018 thus far. So this is just 2018. So there's more stock buybacks beyond this. So why do you think? Because like. I thought that was interesting because I think there's a couple things at play there. Now, full disclaimer, I'm not like a financial analyst by any means, but I think like there's a number of things going on. Like, first of all, they've been doing the same stuff for a long time as far as like understaffed trains and as far as exploitation, as far as, you know, derailments like this are nothing new, you know, like this is just the latest one. So they knew that eventually things were going to come to a head. Right. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to buy back the stock so that like when you get some public fallout, it's not going to look so bad. It's not going to like hurt your prices uh, as much. I, yeah, no, I don't agree with that at all. I'll tell you why. Why stock, do you think they what motivates a stock? Absolutely why they're doing it No, the, What motivates a stock buyback program is increasing the cost per share. So if you are a private or a corporate investor, if you've been given Uh, shares because you're on the board, because you're in management, whatnot. Um, If you are a massive shareholder, all of those folks will make much more money after a buyback program program has been done because their shares become much more valuable. Right, because there's less of them available. Correct. It's got nothing to do with... Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying... Yeah, like they do (laughs) stuff like that. They do stuff like that to make it seem like there's more of a demand than there actually is. Oh, you're saying more of a stock demand. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant something different by that. Okay. No. Um, yeah, I mean, you could phrase that way 100%. Yeah. I mean, it just it enriches them. 100% does because there's fewer shares. And this is not just something that rail companies do. A lot of these companies have been doing it for the last decade. It became, well, yeah, like, I mean, they all do it. But like, but I think the other thing, too, and, and like this is a little bit like you can't really prove or not prove this. This is just like my hunch. I think like eventually, like they've definitely been going head to head with the unions for a very, very long time. Yeah. So I think part of it, too, is they're sort of preemptively planning. What if we do have to share a little bit more with the workers? Let's get out ahead of this. 
I, well, yes and no. My thing with this, but with the shares is that goes to enrich the individuals holding this shares, right? It, it doesn't go into the bottom right, line Right, but of the that company, could be, but that wise. could be something they'd have to share with the workers at some point. You see programs like that all the time. So they're probably trying to get out ahead if they were ever to have to uh, concede. You're saying like some sort of 401k thing where they give. Yeah, or just or just stock incentives. I mean, such a thing exists in yeah. in different workplaces. Rarely, but yeah, I gotcha. No, it's not unheard of. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's like crazy common, but that could be something that they're getting out ahead of in case they would ever have to concede some of that too. I mean, you have to think like I mean, they they are covering every nook and cranny. That's how capitalists think. That is, yeah. You, just, you might you might be like, I don't, oh, I don't know if that's the case. Well, you're not thinking like a capitalist then. You have to think like this isn't what me or you would do. This is what they would do. Right, but what I my my main thing would be driving up the the, the value of the shares that I already hold that I. Eat you know that that's going to which is what they're doing yeah 100 percent. i think that's the main driver just that that i think that's it's that a simple. main driver but i i think i, th I don't know i i think that there's multi layers to it because they i mean whenever they're doing stuff like that it's because like there's there's something shady afoot that they're trying to get three steps ahead of yeah. whether it's like oh we don't want you know the the demand of our stock to not appear as juicy as we want it to be or we are worried if we have to ever share right. any of this, we want to get out ahead of it. But, but yeah, so I thought that was interesting, but let's go to, no, Bernie. it is. I mean, cause it just explains, it just adds one more layer to the greed that these companies are willing to engage in. So they don't care about the general public safety. They don't care about the well being of their workers. I, uh, you know, and now they're probably going to face massive litigation for what happened, because I think what 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 happened was preventable if they had been actually, you know, doing something to mitigate the risk, whether it be installing these new brakes that are uh, much better, obviously, than the old ones. They're not maintaining their system. So I think there yeah. is. I bet they get away with a slap on the wrist, though. I doubt it from be. the government, perhaps. But there is there is liability exposure there, I believe. Mm. I still think it'll be a slap on the wrist. I mean, I don't know who's going to hold the government, account. maybe. I mean, right, but get, who else you get would a hold class them to act, a private attorney that's going to sue on behalf of the class of the individuals that live in New Palestine that are being affected by it? You I think mean, you think a small small town in Ohio can take? I mean, hey, I, I hope you're I right. I think I think a class action attorney that stands to make thirty percent pro bono. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. I mean, we've seen this happen with other environmental disasters. It right? has happened. Where, where ultimately, it's the only thing that you know, checks these guys. Because you're right. The government doesn't have the teeth to do it. If they did, they would have enforced the regulation for them to replace these brakes to begin with. They would have made sure that these toxic chemical trains that are absolutely flammable were put into the same class as those transporting crude oil. Like, they could have done all of these, you know, mitigation things. They just chose no, not I to know. do it because they wanted, they're greedy. It's simple. Well, absolutely, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. For that for that attorney who's going to make the 30%, there's an attorney that they can hire and pay even more. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I oh, hope 100%. you're right. I hope no, I'm wrong. No, there absolutely is. I know, but I'm just saying we've seen this happen. It has. It's we've also seen them get away with a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm not disputing them, that. We see the like the the stuff that the oil and gas companies get away with wow. constantly is like absolutely obscene. They commit thousands of violations per year. So right. much of it goes unchecked. And uh, yeah, I, I don't mean, disagree. That. I think both, I think both of those things attention. are true. I agree. I think th both of those things are true. But I think, you know, in, in Department A is the government not 
you know, part of that is either quid pro quo or it's regulatory capture where you have folks that are sitting in these safety positions, right? The, the government regulation body is basically, we know this with from things with uh, net neutrality too, right? We're populating these regulatory um, systems with people from a revolving door from the industry, right? So I work in the rail yeah. industry. I work for Northrop Southern. Now I'm going to go work for the regulatory body that's supposed to like keep these guys in check. I'm going to get, you know, there's a quid pro quo there with the company that still exists. She's probably going to go back into that job again after she's done with the regulation job. So this is absolutely adding to it, but this is why they have no teeth. But maybe an outside, you know, force like a civil uh, civil suit might change that. I don't know. That's all I'm saying. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so should we go to the Bernie thing before yeah, we get off? Yeah, because it's sort before, of before we hop off. Before this we get train. on. <laughs> yeah, it sort of ties in. Uh, so you know, Bernie is not done hammering home on the, the uh, seven days of sick leave for the rail workers. So they're introducing some more legislation again. So let's take a look at the clip. Uh, we are here today assembled uh, to send a very strong message to the CEOs in the rail industry. And that is that the American people are sick and tired of the type of corporate greed we are seeing in that industry. Uh, at a time of record-breaking profits, that industry can and must guarantee at least seven paid sick days to every rail worker in America. In the year 2023, that is not a whole lot to ask. Last year, six rail companies, Union Pacific, BNSF, Canadian Pacific, Canadian National, Norfolk Southern, and Kansas City Southern made more than $22 billion in profits. They are doing extremely well. And what did they do with those record-breaking profits? Did they spend it on making the rail industry safer? And we just saw the other day this terrible accident in Ohio. No, they did not do that. Did they spend that money on improving the horrendous working conditions that exist today in the rail industry? Is that where they invested their money? No, they didn't do that. They spent over $20 billion of their profits on stock buybacks and dividends to make their wealthy shareholders even wealthier. Let us be clear, guaranteeing seven paid sick days to rail workers would cost the entire industry just $321 million, less than 1.2% of their profits in a single year. And they tell us they cannot afford sick days. Here is some very good news. And that is a couple of days ago, thanks to the work of the people behind me and workers all over this country, CSX, one of the major rail companies, finally agreed to provide paid sick days to some 5,000 rail workers in our country. Yesterday, I sent a letter to the CEOs of the other major rail companies demanding that they do the same. So let me just conclude. We're making some progress. We've got a long way to go. I know the Biden administration is working on this as well. But at the end of the day, in the year 2023, it is not acceptable to me and to the overwhelming majority of the American people that workers who do dangerous, difficult, and important work do not get one 
paid sick day a year off. I'm aware the Democrats are control of the Senate, or I wouldn't be here as chairman. Uh, the answer is, no, I haven't talked to Schumer about this specifically, but I'm confident that it, we will get it onto the floor. Uh, as Greg just mentioned, I think one of the things that's happened in the last couple of months because of all of these guys, people throughout this country are seeing the reality of what these workers are having to go through. And the American people are behind these workers overwhelmingly. So if the railroads themselves do not come to the table and negotiate an acceptable agreement to the unions, uh, we are going to have the executives here in this room, in this committee room, and we surely will bring legislation to the floor. Okie dokie. All right. Thank you all very much. I love that he's like, okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope... I mean, I'm glad he's bringing I hope it back. That was more than just a nice speech. I mean, at least he's yeah, bringing it back, Ron. Is anybody else doing that? I, I'm with. I no, mean, no one else is. I'm with you, and you know, I'm not begrudging him for doing it. I'm glad he's trying. Um, I honestly think, especially when you hear speeches like this, I think there's like a layer to Bernie where he's just. I do think Bernie genuinely is trying to use the office for good i really do believe that about him and, and yeah, i think I, I also think he kind of sees the writing on the wall like yeah, like, like, like i think, I think he really does. and and like that's i'm not fair. that's not being disparaging of him it's like hey we all have our lanes and that's the lane he chose and, and i think he you know i don't agree with every decision he's made he has made some decisions that have frustrated me greatly but you know i think he genuinely wants to see this thing pass but yeah. i think he also knows that all of our leverage was before they crushed the strike that was all the leverage and they crushed it and his buddy joe crushed it you know he voted the right way so i'm not i mean bernie you know bernie voted the right way but you know it, it's I hope this goes somewhere, but when he's saying things like, well, I haven't talked to Schumer yet, and I think Biden's <laughs> on it, like, all right, do you actually think that? Do you really think that? Sounds nice. Sounds nice. I suppose there's a first time for everything, but uh, but we'll see. I, I we'll you see. know, I, I'm glad he's trying. I, I'd be willing to put a couple dollars that this doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong. I actually think that should be a new segment. Where I, I hope just, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Where, where I talk about all this shit. Because it's like, like a lot of times, like I'll just be talking to family and they'll be like, oh, well, I hope you're wrong about that. And I'm like, I hope I'm wrong about that. What do you, I, I really hope I'm wrong about most of the shit I say. That's so funny. Because <laughs> it's right. not good. But let's go to the super chat. No, before... hang on. Before we do that, before we disembark from the toxic train, see what I did there? Okay. Um, I, wa <laughs> I want to put up Jordan Miller's tweet because Governor, Governor Mike DeWine had a press conference about this this afternoon. And Evan Lambert, who is with News Nation, was live streaming the press conference and he was tackled and arrested while doing so uh, by some deputies. And they said it was because he was resisting arrest, which is nonsense. So can we play this video? You guys, he's a national correspondent. You cannot do this. I'm a reporter with News Nation. It's all being recorded right now. I hope it is. This is horrible. Because you can't talk to people about doing their jobs. Oh my God, I cannot believe this. 
with it. This is horrible. This is what it's like to be a black reporter. In Evan, I'm so sorry. Evan, I'm sorry. Thank you, Sia. Roll over, sir. Check out some Can you please loosen this? Because we will. It hurts. Yeah, that one's a little tight, so we already oh loosened it. Thank you very much. This is horrible. Can someone help me? Yeah, we're helping you, Evan, I'm sorry. I got arrested because I was trying to do a live report about well, what people need to know. And he's been here he's all week. You can't do this to him. This is wrong. Why are you on the national news just because I'm trying to do my job. Why was he arrested? Failure to comply this with is his first amendment. Failure to comply about the first You guys are distracting from what the governor needs to tell the It is literally my job to be there. Why was he totally Why are you arresting Evan? He's a national correspondent with News Nation. This is ridiculous. He's trying to tell people stories. What is the problem? Search him out Yeah. Alright, just bring lunch one, Bob. This one. I don't have anything. Okay. My phone was thrown right, on the this ground. This one. I just got checked, okay? Got checked. This is great. This is horrible. You got any idea in the boat or anything? No, it's in my phone. Okay, alright, alright. Why, why, why is it Evan, Evan, do you feel you're assaulted back there? Yes, the yes, National yes, Guard General literally put his hands on me. No and I asked him not I to. saw it. It's on camera. I, this is. Welcome folks, to the what, United States. This is fascist, this like is, serious fascism here. So, um. Yeah, that's what we live under. We are a fascist. Leading country. up to the arrest, arrest, this is Jordan Miller speaking now, um, who was one of the witnesses there, also a reporter. Leading up to the arrest, I witnessed an Ohio National Guardsman put his hands on the reporter in a violent manner. I asked Governor DeWine if that's a good represent representation of the men and women who wear the uniform. He answered no before I even finished my sentence. He went on to say he believes in the freedom of the press and no one should be arrested for doing their job. He said he wants him released from uh, Columbiana County Sheriff's Office custody and will have his staff look further into the incident. So I want to point something else too. I, when, when, when the reporters are asking the, the uh, deputy why he's being arrested, one of them says he was distracting from the governor. I, yeah, bro, stop. That is what we do as reporters. What you call distracting is us sometimes being adversarial because maybe they're not being honest, authentic, or telling the truth. That is our jobs. We are legally protected to, to be able to do that. So you don't get to say as a, as a sheriff, you're distracting from the press conference. That's not how this works. Mm, I mean, this is unbelievable. they'll do it when they want to. I, I bet anything... You know, he will be released, and I bet there will be some kind of statement or something like that, and he'll be cleared of any wrongdoing. Oh, he will be cleared, nobody, and there'll probably be a lawsuit nobody, against... I will, I will, nobody will face any consequences. Nobody. N there will be a lawsuit that will be probably paid by the taxpayers. Honestly. 20 bucks says no one faces any consequences. You want to take I me off I will take that 100%. Right, I will, because I already know that they will 100% sue over this. But this he is will, absolutely he will, a First Amendment Nobody violation. will face any consequences. 
Nobody. No, so no individual. What do you call? Nobody will lose their job. Nobody will well, lose their not, job. Right, nobody that's, that's will. That's not the only way you have consequences. Lawsuits nobody will face consequences. any consequences. There, there will be a lawsuit. We'll see okay. where it goes. It might be a slap on the wrist, but nobody. There will be no true consequences. There will be no true systemic changes that result on this. We will okay, see that's stuff different. Like this. Saying there's no consequences and there's no s systemic changes are two different. Well, things. you should. I, I agree. Well, with you're going to lose twenty changes. bucks. You didn't ask I'm for clarifications. <laughs> You didn't ask for you didn't ask for I, I just said there will be no consequences. <laughs> no, no. And then you asked for you a definition. Beer, Ron. You you asked for a definition of consequences. I gave it to you, but you had already but taken the bet. Yeah, but no, I'm sorry. Paying out a civil litigation is a consequence. You should have said, Ron, what do you mean by consequence before no, they accept this stop, twenty dollar bet? Because I pose the bet. So the Stop. definition of consequence lies with me. No. And you, that's how, because I propose, if you propose the bet and I just took it and then you're like, well, this is what I mean by, so you asked first. You, no, I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, no, this is what I mean by it. What did you think I meant? I'll be like, oh, okay, that's fair. That would be been right, but You should have asked on. before you took the bet. Oh, get out of here. It's just how it works. <laughs> I don't make the rules. I just follow them. There will Let's, be consequences. All right. Before we before Let's, we get off the train, and Tina owes me 20 bucks. We but before we get off the train, we, we need to get to Tony's super chat first. Okay. Tony, <laughs> which, by the way, please do leave us a super chat. Uh, we'll get to all of them throughout the course of the show. But this one has to do with the trains. So, uh, Colin, if you would, please. Tony, what's up, buddy? I hope you're well. Ron, any good train puns for this awful story? You know, I uh, I saw that ahead of time, so so I got a couple for you. Man, you this story okay. this story sure is off the rails. That was an easy one. Low hanging fruit. I went for it though. Went for right. it. You know, this is uh, some pretty bad news over in New Palestine. People might need to get off their caboose and get out of town, huh? See, because they gotta leave. Because they gotta leave. Uh, all right, man. <laughs> it is so sad. That they are cutting corners everywhere they go. These corporatists are really off the track. There you go. I got off three the of them. I got three um, of them. And so Tina's before this owe me show gets entirely derailed, let's let's disembark off the toxic train and so, move on yeah. to another crazy story. So Cop City, Atlanta. Um, we've been covering this for a couple of weeks now. Um, we now have body cam footage from four different officers that was released by the Atlanta Police Department last night. Uh, we've edited out some of the clips uh, so folks can see what's going on. Let's take a look uh, first at the one where you can hear the shots in the distance. So I um, wanted to point something out here. Um, 
you have to sort of kind of go, ah, because the one cop says is this target practice. So I think these officers are genuinely shocked to hear all of this gunfire, and that is clearly gunfire. So I don't see how we can have this work with the story that we're hearing from the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. So if the, idea, if the idea is that Tort shot one of the officers and then they fired back, it, it doesn't match. There isn't How, a shot yeah. in the abdomen. So the shots. officer only took one shot to the abdomen, right? So could there have been more than that? Yes. I, but it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. It's, and when uh, I spoke with uh, two forest defenders, both of them individually and separately told me that they heard a flurry of shots. I think that perfectly describes That's what we're good, hearing yeah. on this body cam footage. It doesn't sound to me as if, I don't know. It, it does not, weird. their story, they're being, you know, the the, the police or, or, you know, like the, the guard or whatever. It, it does not at all sound plausible based on this footage because they, yeah. according There's to There's more them, to it for sure. I mean, it could be possible that Tort did fire a gun and that was part of this barrage, but it's still... There's a lot of stuff that just doesn't add up for me, and I'm very skeptical. And you know, here's the other thing, uh, Ron. I think most people are skeptical, skeptical, <laughs> skeptical. I can't speak anymore of what a lot of these uh, press reports and what the the police say at these kind of cop ganda fest because too many times now they've been caught lying. Yeah, across well, the and, board. And this they've is, been caught I mean, planting so evidence. You know, planting so. evidence. So here's their their story was that they had like were confronted with this individual and this individual in opened fire. That's from a like from, from inside a tent. a tent. So somehow this person from inside a tent would have shot multiple rounds at police, you know, like, like unprovoked, which just seems pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, and, and the, the, the gentleman that we, or, we interviewed kind of like brought that up where it's like, it's not almost a, like not, he not would have had to have done way. like, Okay. Uh, well, which well, one? Um, the um, the one we did not hidden. Okay. The one that, that was that not person hidden. was. Yeah, I, I believe. Matthew. Matthew uh, wasn't there though. Kamau, I believe was. He wasn't there, but anyway, go ahead, carry on. The one that we did that was there was was not is not it's a is a they. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm talking about the person you and I interviewed together. Okay. Well, that's why I said we. Okay. Gotcha. And, and I, I just want to clarify person, though. I don't remember that person's name off the top of my head, but I believe they were a male. Is that correct? That's Matthew. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So, um, you know, they uh, he even brought up that, um, you know, like the person would have had to have done like a Fred Flintstone type run, like to. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, and, and I and I, I kind of was having trouble visualizing that in my head, like, like what he meant by that. But now when I hear this footage, like, oh, I understand what that means. So, so it's like the way the cops describe what happened, it, it just sounds very, very unbelievable based on the way these shots uh, rolled out. I mean, that there, there was yeah. no one shot. There were multiple. So is it possible that that, you know, the person that that they murdered, is it possible that maybe they fired something at some point? I suppose it's possible. We can't say without a doubt one way or another, but there the cop story does not add up here. It does not. All. Yeah, like, I don't think it does either. There's definitely more to it. 
there's more to it. I agree with you. So um, let's, I want to play the next clip. This is interesting to me because it sort of points to what I've been thinking for a while. If you have a flurry of shots um, and everybody's standing at different, from different uh, angles, whatnot, it is very feasible that somebody gets hit with friendly fire. It just is. You have bullets oh, yeah. flying around. They can bounce off the ground. It, it, this happens quite frequently in war zones, in fact. Uh, let's play this clip. Well, now that sounded like suppressed gunfire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. I I yeah. mean, yeah, that's what it sounds. So if I had been, it. if I had been an officer in that force and I heard that, that is exactly what I would have thought, hundred percent. After after hearing that first video, that's exactly as far as I'm concerned, a very plausible explanation for this. I think that um, is most likely what happened. I mean, we can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt, like completely no, definitively, but but it just seems so so very likely based Even on if, all yeah, of the footage it, we're looking at here. Even if Tort did have a gun with him in the tent, it, with they in the tent, it is also plausible that uh, they the guy got hit by friendly fire. Like both of those things. Oh, can absolutely. Be true. Uh, they did find a, a legal weapon per purchase by Tort. So Tort, at some point, had bought a, a, a handgun of some sort. I can't remember which one, what kind of gun it was. You know, and then the GBI was saying, well, look, this was the gun they recovered from the tent. But I'm not clear that that's actually true either. If it was recovered sure. from the tent, they would have said something immediately. They would have shown the weapon. We've seen in the past when officers have in, in situations like this where they've got a problem where they find where this gun is kept. And then they say, hey, look, they had a gun. There it was. Yeah, it there, was right there. there. Was. It was, you know, we're so just I, mentioning it now. Yeah. So I think that that's quite possible as well. So there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Um, I'm skeptical, though. I have to be honest. I'm skeptical. A lot of oh, I think they're lying. But... I would go. I, would, I mean, me personally, I will go further than skeptical. I, I think they are lying. I can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt, but based on all of the evidence available to us and based on what little they can point to, the person bought a firearm. So what? That doesn't yeah, mean that doesn't mean that's exactly right. But all of but a sudden that's, you found that's what it? they were trying I mean, to say, right? Which is very, very interesting in the United States where it's like, oh, hands off my gun. That's my right. Blah, blah, blah. Except when it's convenient for them. Oh, if you right. purchased a firearm, that's an admission of guilt when it's convenient for us, man, what a hypocritical freaking country. So no, I, I think they are likely lying here, which, you know, is, is pretty much par for the course. Yeah. So I, part of the story might be true. A lot of it might be false. So, you know, and here's the other thing. So there's the question about the body cam footage, right? Why is it only that they have footage from these other four officers? Why didn't these other officers have body cams on? It's not clear to me that that's, the case so the situation is you had multiple agencies that were in the forest that morning not just the atlanta police department you had decamp county sheriffs in there you had georgia state troopers um i know that there were federal authorities at the questioning i'm not sure that they were actually there in the forest however during the raid that is a an unknown to me at this point 
but if it's if it's Georgia Bureau of Investigation, if it's state troopers, whatnot, those individuals aren't required to wear body cams the way that local police departments are. So a lot of this is regulated on the local level. LAPD has regulation that they have to wear body cams, right? Uh, Atlanta Police Department mm-hmm. has the same regulation there. So it may it would check that if they were Atlanta police officers that they would have body cams. So my question to me isn't whether or not that footage exists. What I'm saying is that if Atlanta PD were involved in this shootout and it wasn't just the Georgia State Troopers, then yes, there absolutely has to be body cam uh, footage from those officers, not necessarily the state troopers. I find it strange they would only in that whole entire shootout it was only state troopers. I don't. I'm not sure that 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 checks with me either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it seems like they were working in teams, right, as they were clearing the uh, forest. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, I, 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 it all seems pretty, pretty unbelievable. I, I mean, it's like the, their story just seems so, so unplausible on, on every single level. I mean, this is like, I mean, it, it, it reminds you of like, like, like just stuff you see in like fiction books of where they're trying to make a point of like, right. yeah, this is just such an unbelievable you know, like story, and there's so much evidence to the contrary. But we see this time and time again. I mean, this is the same thing that that happened with, you know, uh, in Pasadena, when I believe it was Anthony McClain got shot in the back when he was running. And then, oh, all of a sudden, they found this gun. I, I mean, it's like just these ridiculous stories that they try to get away with. But it helps when you have a corporate media that's just going to parrot their press releases 99% of the time. And to get any deeper stories or to see actual firsthand footage, you got to go to places like this. So, yeah, USA. And I also want to point out that um, one of the community stakeholder advisors who's on the committee for Cop City has now resigned from the committee over this. I will be actually speaking with her tomorrow, so I will have more to report on that. But she's resigned her position, um, and she's citing the death of Emmanuel Tehran as the reason why and the concerns that she has surrounding the investigation. Um, yeah, there's a tweet about it there. Okay. And you're actually, this is her? a hang on. This is a different person. So we have now. This is a second. This is Claire Sterick. So the person I'm speaking to is Nicole. So do we have two resignations? Oh, no, this is from the Police Foundation Board. Okay, so we have, so Claire uh, is resigning from the Police Foundation Board, which is good because I know there had been, um, she had been on there from Emory University. So that's good. And then this uh, other individual, Nicole, that I'll be speaking with tomorrow is actually on the Community Advisory Stakeholder um, Board, which is a different than this. This is for the Cop City uh, build out. That is for the Atlanta Police Foundation. So we're seeing... Point being, we're seeing resignations from multiple individuals because they are also not clear on what happened and are absolutely not okay with it. You can't just go around killing protesters. Civil disobedience is is deeply ingrained in our country. I mean, it's, if, if you're not being heard by your politicians, if you go about things the right way, right? You call them, you petition them, you send emails, you do some protests and your needs aren't being heard or addressed, then this is what happens next. You know, you have some civil disobedience. Um, it's part of, you know, political discourse, I, I would say. I mean, even... even well, it should back, be. I mean, it's it should supposed be, to be. But I think be. it is. I mean, it's supposed to be. I mean, the whole entire, like, not to bring up the silly story you hear as a kid about the country, but, you know, dumping the tea bales, the Boston Tea Party, right? right? 
that is 100% civil disobedience. That's property destruction, right? That wasn't their property. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I think it is a very viable form of political dissent. So now, oh, it you, absolutely is. The, when the you cross into to, to violence, that's a whole different thing. All bets are off. Violence is of not course. okay. But. Well, of course, but but unfortunately, we also have a very rich history of, of you know, authoritarian crackdowns on these. Oh, Oh, hundred percent. You know, I, I mean, agree. it's like so. I agree. You know, it's a, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty tough situation, and I hope that you know these people who are resigning. I, you know, it's. I don't know if there's any more information that they may be privy to, but if there is anything, I, I hope uh, I hope we find out. You know. Yeah, so um, I'll, I will be speaking with this individual tomorrow, so hopefully I will get some information, yes. Yeah, yeah, because I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's got to be someone out there who was, like, in the field, you know? I mean, I don't think any of these people stepping down were, like, actually there, there. I, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, they were just no, no, but I think Yeah, but my but, thing is this, Ron. Uh, uh, the political corruption that preceded how we got to this place, the, the, how right. this escalated to the point where this was happening, where you have forest defenders I- in the area trying to protect the forest, th- ha- the fact that it escalated to that point is because of political corruption, right? If you have... Sure. If you have a policy that's being pushed through by a city council where 70% of your constituency is saying, I don't want this to be the case, there's a problem there. You're being motivated by something other than being a good politician listening to your constituency, right? You're being motivated probably by greed, by contracts. There's a lot of money involved here. This is, this is a $90 million project, you know, $60 million coming from the police foundation. That's all corporate money coming in to the police foundation. Yeah. It's Home Depot. It's... Um, Waffle Multiple House. banks, Waffle right? House, JP Morgan, Georgia State University. So, so you know, the potential there for political corruption is deep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I think it might be a bit of a stretch to suggest that politicians are motivated by something other than just being good public <laughs> servants. But I'll allow it. And but no, I I just I just think I bet they aren't. I, I I think there's the reality, and then there's the there's the um thing that they're supposed to be doing, which is why us journalists do what we do, right? We have to push them on that. You have to challenge that. You know, part of of why the First Amendment is so important, part of why that arrest just happened that we just watched, is because a lot of these politicians don't want to be challenged. They just yeah. want to do what they're doing in the dark, right? They don't want people to know. Because that means they might lose their jobs, shockingly. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> should we move on to NBC? Speaking yeah. of the media Speaking not of. <laughs> doing what it's supposed to do. Oh, and real quick before we do, yes. I just want to mention we, we also, uh, Stesku on there, we have a sub stack and we actually have a, did an article on the uh, oh, right on. body cam stuff. So if you guys want, oh, right. so, one place where it has the info, has the links to all the videos. So it's an, low easy location but we linked it in the super chat as well for you guys oh awesome thanks subscribe Colin. to Substack. we cannot be we can't be youtube exclusive it's just yeah no. so status coup.substack.com yeah. the algorithm really sucks here folks so feel free <laughs> check out the Substack. check out the audio podcast we might be doing even a little bit more with the audio podcast but sometimes you might not catch the whole live stream or you might not catch the live stream every day. And you might think, I want to listen to some status quo when I'm on my run or when I'm, uh, you know, in running errands, whatever it yeah. be in my car. And you can listen to the uh, the podcast, uh, the audio podcast. But NBC had a walkout today. 
did they a full walk walkout. Out. Good for them, man. So enough is uh, enough. They've been out without a contract now for what almost two years. They the they've been going that? back and forth uh, about the contract. The next hearing I think is supposed to be in February. Uh, okay. Let's go to the tweet first, shall we? Can we yeah. go to that more perfect union tweet, Colin? Um, and then I actually have a little bit. So breaking over 200 workers who make NBC News, MSNBC, and the Today Show have walked off the job. The NBC right. News Guild said they're on strike today in response to NBC's illegal firing of union members and refusal to a fair first labor contract after three years. Three, three years. Okay, years. Three years. Okay, I thought it was only two. Wow, that's crazy. Three years. I mean, they've been good sports for three years. I probably would have said we need to walk out well well before today but good good for them for finally doing it that's crazy yeah i mean it, it it's cool to see this oh and by the way just for the record everybody i tweeted um chris hayes and i tweeted joanne reed and i tweeted i tweeted chuck todd and i asked all of them i said do you support the people on strike i've not heard back from any of them Huh. But if that okay. changes, I will let you guys know if any of them get back to me. Now, in fairness, I did give Chuck Todd a little more time because I think somebody might need to explain to him what a strike is. And then later, someone will need to explain to him what a worker is. So he needs a little more time. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see, like, uh, if any of them get back to me. But I did tweet all of them and I asked if they were supportive of these efforts. We'll see. I bet none of them get back to me, but I'm, but not, I try. I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> You're not going to take that bet. Yeah. I don't think any of them will go back to me, but, um, so here's, um, here's what's going on. So there's two different, um, divisions here. Now, full disclaimer, I do have a uh, friend who will need to remain nameless, but he does work for MSNBC. There are two different, um, unions going on between the digital newsroom and the broadcast unions. Um, but they're in negotiation, NBC is, with a bunch of unions right now, and it's getting more and more uh, frustrating. Yeah. And negotiations are supposed to pick up again on February 20th. Some of the contracts that are in existence will expire March 31st. So this could escalate. And one of the big things this is about is um, they're going to be screwing over vacation time. Do we have, uh, Colin, can we pull up that document that I sent you uh, right before the show? Uh, so let's take a look at this. The Union's Network Negotiating Committee met this week with senior management representatives of NBC Universal at the Union's offices in New York City. Uh, the union is pursuing several substantial improvements in daily hire terms and conditions. In addition to the proposed increases in daily benefit payment, your negotiating committee is also seeking an improved accrual usage and carryover for paid sick leave. So yeah. they're messing with sick leave. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, and then I think there was something about vacation, too. Like, like they're basically screwing over the way you're going to be able to take your vacation, um, you know, because of like 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 the manner in which you're able to take it and stuff like that. So there's a lot at stake here. And um, it seems like so far, again, it's been three years, <laughs> like three years. They've been putting up with this nonsense. Yeah, so ridiculous. I hope they either get everything they want and then some or they just completely go on strike. And then there is no MSNBC or NBC <laughs> News. 
and and there's just no like it's just all just and then and then americans are like oh i don't isn't it so interesting that this is happening in like a network that's supposed to be the alternative to the right i mean it's yeah, so freaking right? ridiculous like how far right our media is um, board, and by the yeah. way i mean msnbc to be fair, is owned by comcast right i mean it's corporate it's all corporate. It's corporate as hell. They're all like, I mean, it's all just like like cut from the same cloth of, of just like, let's do the yeah. stuff that'll be okay with our advertisers and our shareholders. Let's not piss off any of the people who have financial stakes in this company. Let's cut corners everywhere we can. That's why someone like CNN, who has all the resources in the world, they have people yeah. standing in front of green screens instead of sending them to places because they don't want to they don't want to spend money on journalism. They'd rather spend right. it uh, to give to the shareholders. And that's why that's You're why right. they'll send Wolf Blitzer to a freaking conference that's in Glasgow. They'll send him to Edinburgh because they're that freaking sloppy and they're on the ground reporting that they don't know there's two different they cities do. in the country yeah, of Scotland. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like 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 it's remarkable. You could not pitch this as a dystopian movie. No. They would say it's too unbelievable. But my it favorite is, I mean, thing is when have... they sl when they slide into my DMs and they want my footage for free. I'm like, no. Oh, when the networks slide into your DMs. Oh, oh yeah, they all you. have. You name. Oh <laughs> man, you're like all. They're like they're like, hey, former Miss West Hollywood, <laughs> you got some footage and we want it. Is that what happens? <laughs> no <laughs> you're hilarious um no but they do that even though they have all the money in the world and, and then i know jordan will tell you the same thing they will absolutely ask can we use your footage if we give you credit and i'm like no you use <laughs> you're gonna my have footage to pay me pay me and then sometimes yeah. they come back and they're like how about 150 bucks and i'm like no you're gonna have to actually pay me something reasonable what do you usually get? Like, where, where's your, like, um, where's what, my typical hard line in the price? sound? I wouldn't take anything. No, wait, 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 question. Hang on. Before you answer, like, 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 will you ask for more? Like, if you got punched in the face in the oh, process, like, if, like, like yes. if you're like a cop freaking hit me or like a white supremacist yeah. hit both of which are things that are happened to you, right? Yes. Well, like, technically a cop <laughs> threw you on the ground, right? It wasn't a hit. I'm just to be he, proper he accidentally i think hit me i i felt his hand brush my cheek but i think he was going for my shoulder and it just kind of slid by my face i don't think cops accidentally <laughs> hit people tina i don't want to i don't want to speak to your experience but i think <laughs> I from looking at the video i think he was, was just, just going in for the my... air and it happened to hit my face <laughs> like all right i mean if you say that's what happened i'll go along with it it happened to you but but uh, but anyway, all right. So you would ask for more in that situation. Oh so my god, yes, like, hundred percent. What's like, what's like the so bottom for boring, boring, just stuff that no needs assault. Some, you know, no assaults, B roll on. I wouldn't take less than three hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, all right, non exclusive. And if, and if you took one to the frickin' face, like fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a good. You should have like a sheet for people. Like it just if I got punched fifteen hundred if my car window got broken two grand if I got punched and my car window got broken please reach out directly wait, for quote sheet wait, no no I'm gonna, it should be like an ABC crib sheet like so bump and pay if this happens bump yeah, and pay right. like safety safety hazards. 
but the point the point being though they would when they used to do the stuff they would send out security crew with their reporters right to protect them which can be very expensive they don't want to they don't want to pay for that stuff anymore so the fact that they don't want to pay for that stuff okay fine but at least offer a decent pay for using for licensing the footage the fact that they've gotten so cheap in that respect is just unbelievable to me why is I mean, I, I have literally had more than once, more than once, I won't even tell you how many times, more than once CNN asked me for free footage. More than once. Man, CNN. I mean, come on. More than once. Just be like, tell you what, give me a job. I'll be in charge of planning Wolf Worst Defender while I'm, while I'm tattletailing, tattletailing, telling, whatever, uh, whistleblowing, tattletailing, whatever I'm doing here. Uh, ABC, absolute worst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolute worst. Absolute well, I, worst. I hope all the other networks, the workers go on strike too. I hope it's yeah. not. I hope everyone sees NBC's lead and, and they go on strike as well. CNN goes on strike. And it will be interesting to see if any of the, you know, $30,000 a day personalities stand with them. I mean, I'm sure yeah, they will. Yeah, that's the thing, right? If, they need to. I, I'm sure they won't. They I mean, if they won't. really, if they are really, you know, pro worker, if, jo if Joy Reid really is the left as she claims to be, then she should. If Chris. Well, Hayes I tweeted her and I asked. I'll, here, let's find out if I have. Here, <laughs> something could have changed. I haven't been on I'm Twitter not taking that bet. Since we've been doing the bet. program here. But uh, let me see. Bet. Honestly, this is going to sound crazy. I would think Chris Hayes is more likely to stand with them than joy is but maybe that's crazy i, I would know. say so yeah no i would say so i mean i mean i'm not a fan of any of them but but i would say like like comparatively speaking out of those three i i think chris hayes is uh he yeah, does some decent not as I bad think. i i wouldn't I don't also know if I'd all right far. while you're looking that up um we do have the press release colin i sent to you the press release from the gbi just to backtrack on our cop city story for a second we have the they've they've made a press release now. I want to read this. Um, thank you, Colin, for putting that up. So the GBI is committed to a full, complete, and accurate investigation. Yesterday, the Atlanta Police Department released body cam video of their officers who were involved in the joint operation to clear the site of the future of the. <laughs> they're still saying I love that to clear the site of the future City of Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. They're still gung ho that that's going to happen. Um, in those videos, at least one statement exists where an officer speculates that the trooper was shot by another officer in crossfire. Speculation is not evidence. Our investigation does not support this statement. I mean, you guys doing plenty of speculation all on your own. There is that, GBI. You are engaging in speculation. I agree the speculation isn't evidence, but then show us the evidence. Yeah. yeah anyway the rest of this is pretty mundane but just wanted to bring that to folks attention so, so did joy so did joy get back to you no no one's gotten back to me i i just checked pretty thoroughly uh no one chris hayes uh joy ann reed chuck todd none of them have uh have gotten back to me but i did ask i did ask so we'll see if any of them get back to me We'll be the first. I'll do a breaking stream right here on Status Quo and be like, they tweeted, they tweeted me back. And if any of them block me, I'll, I'll also say that. I'll be like, they blocked right. me. I mean, I asked right, politely. Right. I was, I mean, I, I just Chuck Todd, I kind of, you know, took a dig at, but it's hard not to. That guy is just so, that guy is just so ridiculous. Like that, like that guy. He has some not great opinions. I'll say that. He's <laughs> not, I mean, I, I feel so. <laughs> 
90% of the time, I never like to go after a person's intelligence. And he has always been an exception to that rule. He is just not bright. I can't I can't be polite about it. Like, I don't know how because he has a job like a very important job, one would say high paying job. Yeah. And he is in very high paying job. And he is genuinely not bright at all. Like he is like like I wouldn't trust him to dry my socks level like not a bright dude like like i wouldn't i'd be like no you cannot feed my cat you'll mess something up and she has a pill that she needs to take each day i can't trust you to do it right and that guy uh gives his opinion on the freaking news and really just doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time if it deviates from whatever press release he is struggling to read <laughs> i mean i i can't like like I like 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 it's really messed up that that dude. So Ron, has that you job. really don't like Chuck Todd? I'm getting. I, I mean, I just don't <laughs> understand how he has that that. I don't gig. either. To be like, like it's I not like it's it's nothing personal. It's just like listen, I don't, dude. I, I don't. I it'd be that, like watching, I think that's the case with a lot of these pundits. I don't know how they have their. Well, jobs. absolutely, really but he kind of sets a bar, man. I mean, like bar. it'd be like. <laughs> It would be like watching a sporting event where there's somebody who literally doesn't know how to play the game and they're on the and you're just like, how are they playing a professional sport? There was that whole I'm having a flashback. There was that whole Joy Reid segment about Bernie Sanders and like the turtling and the way he was dressing. And then you went to that person's this expert opinion. Did you you remember? this? Oh, yeah. The body language expert. (laughs) Yeah. that was yeah. so oh that was, that was just that was just a friend of hers who lost a bet body language expert i mean that was just mind-numbingly stupid and then i remember going to her blog and it was like where the color orange if wait did you find her blog are you a time-traveling yeah. russian hacker how did you get her blog <laughs> i thought the time-traveling russian hackers got access to that and changed it no you don't remember that gem that she had for, you I don't do remember, remember when that. she accused yeah, yeah, that's right. oh what from her homophobic stuff yeah that was yeah. really bad the, the she time traveling russians did that oh yeah it was yeah, the was time bad. traveling russians that was bad that, that was, was bad. bad that was that was bad there were time traveling although you know what time traveling russian hacker body language experts would be an interesting name for a band that'd be a really <laughs> that'd be a really interesting high concept band with uh, with Chuck, Chuck Todd High on lead vocals, concept. but uh, all right. So shall we go to uh, child right, we've labor? We got we got two yes, more quick child ones. Child labor, we have here. net neutrality. Yeah, we'll end on a little bit of good news. We'll go to child okay. labor first, then we'll do net neutrality. And, this is and uh, yeah, this is this... disgusting. Um, so yeah, child labor is not the good news. In case my sentence sounded walking to anyone, we're gonna end on a little bit of good news. But first, child labor, which is not the good news. Uh, so let's go to that Reuters piece. So I have long been saying on this show and just elsewhere in my life, I feel like we're going to see child labor come back before we see freaking living wages in this country. And man, another thing I hope I'm wrong about, but I've been I'm starting to be proven right. Unfortunately, I know uh, God, we had the man. incident. There was that incident in my hometown of Pittsburgh where there were over 101 labor law violations at a McDonald's franchise. That was in my hometown. If 101 of those things are going on in That's one crazy. city, you can guarantee it's going on elsewhere. Everywhere. That's not an yeah. isolated freaking thing. No. But here in Alabama, here's something that's been exposed. They had 12 year olds, 12 working on the assembly line. Now, now a quick thing too, we're going to go into the article right now, but, a, but a quick aside too. 
all of the Hyundai plants around the world are unionized except for the ones in the United States. Oh. And and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's the case with most major car, you know, like car manufacturers. You know, I, I don't think that's unique to Hyundai. I think that's also the case in, with Nissan. Right. Uh, all right. So Hyundai in talks with U.S. Labor Department over Alabama child labor. Hyundai Motor Corps said it's in talks with the U.S. Department of Labor to resolve concerns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're concerned. Sorry. Uh, about child workers <laughs> in the U.S. supply chain. And the company has taken corrective actions. Uh, in yeah. a statement late Tuesday, Hyundai told Reuters it has held a series of discussion with the Labor Department, which is how long do these discussions don't need to need to be? Hey, don't hire kids. Yeah. We made laws against that a long freaking time ago. Exactly. Well, here's the there is no situation. Don't do it. If you do, don't it, do you're, it. You're, and you're you know, what? can we jail. start? Or, can we start arresting some of these white collar criminals? I was just going to say that. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Exactly. Yeah, they get away idea. with this stuff. They All get right, away so let's, with this stuff. Let's scroll they know down because they know there's no real consequence for their greed. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so here we go. This is good. These next two paragraphs are, are kind of like very tragic, but funny. The talks with the U.S. labor regulator have focused on compliant measures across our supply chain, company spokesman Michael Stewart said in a statement after he finished drinking unicorn's blood. Uh, and <laughs> like, how evil do you have to be? He also detailed several new measures Hyundai is implementing to ensure noncompliance never happens again. So here's the here's the things they're they're doing now that that apparently they weren't doing before. Which Ready is just remarkable. This? Yeah. By the way, olds. this isn't olds. from The Onion. This is no. a real story from yeah. Reuters. So, so here's what they're doing. The, 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 this is their, their team who's knocking it out of the park here. Hyundai said it will roll out new employment training programs throughout the U.S. supply chain. Uh, so, you know, just in case you needed some trading to tell you don't hire a child. Right. Um, this is great. Validate identification documents for job applicants. They weren't doing that before. Hey, okay, it but, says it says on your ID that your name is McLovin and you're 18 years old. Is this legit? Yeah, totally. That's me. Also, All Ron, right, fine. Are you are you telling me that they can't look at a 12 year old and realize that they're underage? That's just fucking ridiculous. Apparently I mean, not. A 12 year old. You're going to tell me you mistook a 12 year old as for an adult. I'm come on now. Come on. The now. ID said they were 24. Now, now, sure. Like it also had a different name. They told me it was just a uh, different an photo. I mean, the hair color didn't even match, but OK, no problem. I mean, come it on looked now. like it might be your older brother, maybe. But I mean, it's like bad. That's 12, amazing. 12. I just don't buy it. Now, I don't buy it. I, I have never had uh, I never had a fake ID when I was younger. I I, I just didn't really feel like you I ever did needed it. it. Oh, no, I totally I didn't. did. <laughs> I lived in a I mean, I went to college in like a big college town. So like alcohol was never a problem, you know, so I, I was just like I got plenty of time to like pay more money for booze at the bars once I'm 21. <laughs> so like I never there were times where like there were shows I wanted to go to where I wish I had one. But, right. but I never had a fake. But I know people that did. And sometimes it would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. And I'm like, man, what a world we're living in where it's easier to apparently falsify documents to work as a child. Right. I mean, <laughs> and it is to get into a bar. <laughs> but so when I was like underage, when I was a teenager, this was like the 80s, the 80s. So IDs were way easy to change back then. You just like you we, we used to call it chalking your ID. Um, if there's anybody in the audience that knows this, they're going to laugh. Right. I've so n- not take, heard of this. 
you would take a white pencil and so you would it would be your actual ID like a, your real ID you would take a, this like white pencil and you could you would change the you would block out the date the year with that and then you would take a black one and, and if you were really good at it it was like undetectable and then you would change the year the, the year you were born to make yourself 21 right, right, right and right. then you would stick it in you know one of these plastic pouches and nobody back then would take them out of plastic pouches and you would just show it uh... Oh, that's interesting. Could, I don't right. think you could do that now with the new IDs. I no, I don't think. Yeah, you definitely can't do it. That's interesting. So, all right. So let's go back to the article. See, what, yeah, I, I don't know if we, <laughs> I don't know if we completed their their amazing list here. All right, wait, wait, wait. Scroll back up, Colin. Go back to that paragraph. Just uh, all right. So they're going to validate ID documents. They weren't doing that beforehand. Set up anonymous tip hotlines. So you know, if you know of anybody who's violating child labor laws, you right. can call a number where, where of course they'll police themselves and oh this is great this is great this is because they threw someone else under the bus and discouraged the use of third-party staffing agencies yes because it was someone else's fault yeah cool story reuters yeah. found those agencies sometimes place underage workers in the suppliers plants well guess what the buck stops with the freaking supplier. I'm sorry. The Labor Department declined to, to uh, comment on meetings or discussions with Hyundai. So in a statement, the department spokesperson did say it's committed to ensuring employers understand the responsibility under the new law and engages with employers to help them achieve compliance. Folks, this is a slow boil. All right. And by the way, status coup is one of the few places that actually talks about this stuff. You don't hear it often in the media where they're talking about uh, violations of child labor laws. You're seeing it from outlets like Reuters, outlets like this one, places like More Perfect Union. Uh, those are the places that usually report on this stuff. Uh, a lot of times it really goes under the radar, yeah. which means it's going to freaking increase. And th this we're not this isn't the last of this. I mean, no, there I was an incident in I Wisconsin. I think it's probably happening other places, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a ton we don't even know about yet. Wow. I mean, so 12, 12, 12 years old, <laughs> 12. It's frightening. It is a frightening time. And it's 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 only getting it keeps getting worse. And and that's the thing. Like, I I stopped asking where's the bottom because it's like, what can always get worse? I mean, it can get it, way can worse. Get worse. Yeah, this is and, they, and they we do might this because they're chasing lower wages, right? If if these were union shops where people were getting paid decent wages and that was just the way it was, this would not be happening. But they're non-union. They want to, you know, chase lower wages always. And the way to do that is to, like, turn an eye and be like, yeah, they're 12. They don't need to make a decent wage. We don't know. Well, they've got a fake ID. Fine. Okay, great. I mean, it's, it's yeah. really gross. It's gross. So, folks, a little bit of good news to end the stream here. Yes, and then we'll uh, we'll get to the super chats. And I'll let you guys know where to find me. Then we're on to right-wing insanity. But a little bit of good news here. Uh, Gigi Stone, Biden's nominee for the FCC, which would give us a pro-net neutrality FCC. I know we've been covering it on the show here a lot. She has finally, finally, finally gotten a scheduled hearing. And it is on Valentine's Day. It's coming up on February 14th. Uh, it is at 10 a.m. Eastern, which is 7 a.m. for me. Uh, and uh, I say it a little bit like, uh, a little bit like, oh, boy because uh if all goes as planned i'll be streaming the hearing live here on status quo so come hang out with me it'll be really early where i'm at but uh i'm excited i'm not gonna lie 
here's the deal. And uh, please pull up the uh, battleforthenet.com if you would. Guys, please go to this website right now, battleforthenet.com. Please sign the petition because here's the deal. She has faced tons of right-wing smears. We went into those right-wing smears in detail uh, last week. She is facing an indifferent president. Biden doesn't really give a hoot about this one way or another. Chuck Schumer is totally conflicted with big tech. There are Republicans holding out on her. There are Democrats holding out on her. But here's the deal, folks. If everyone delivers on the promises they made, she will get through and Biden will have to approve her. And finally, after two years, this process usually takes a couple weeks, just to put in perspective. Usually this is a couple weeks after a president is elected. In this case, it's been about two years. But finally, 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 we will have the pro-net neutrality FCC we were promised, but we have to be so freaking loud to force them to hold the promises they made. So battleforthenet.com, please sign if you have not signed yet, battleforthenet.com. And we'll be streaming the hearing live over on Status Quo. So it'll be a very digital rights-centric special stream, and I'm looking forward to it. I might just not go to bed the night before. I'm not a morning person. But uh, but yeah, so that's exciting. And uh, before we get to the super chats, I'll tell folks where they can find me tomorrow night, Los Angeles. What are you doing, Los Angeles? I'm in town. Uh, the Glendale Room, 10 p.m. That's right in the heart of Glendale. Ronflacone.com for tickets. That's tomorrow night. Don't wait. Get your tickets now. Uh, second show of a series of three, April 14th at the Glendale Room. And the last one is May 12th at the Glendale Room. June 16th, Madison, Wisconsin. June 17th, Minneapolis, Minnesota. June 29th, Chicago, Illinois. Tickets available for those shows now. And you can use the promo code Lucy at checkout for the early bird special. So get your tickets now. Do not wait. And Detroit, I'll be in town June 23rd. Tickets aren't available yet, but as soon as they're up, I will let everybody know, romflacone.com, for all tickets and more info. 